Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. Uh, we're in the middle weekend of the Australian Open and we have Michael Martin back to review the action from the, the past week and look ahead to the latter stages of the Grand Slam. Mike, how are things? Hello, Mark. How are you keeping? Good now. Good, good. So we've um, we've had kind of the Novak um, pre-distractions. We have had a few storylines during the week, particularly uh, Daniel Medvedev's uh, kind of assessment of some of the crowds in Melbourne. Uh, no Great Britain interests all gone um, come the first week of Grand Slam. And we do have an awful lot of fancy players still with a chance of winning both in the men and women's. And again, can't really um, be remiss of us not to mention Nick Grieros as well, just in terms of his kind of uh, comments in terms of uh, a doubles <laughs> coaching uh, fight threats and stuff. So, but uh, it's been an interesting tournament so far, Mike. It has been, it has been. It's, um, as you said, we're halfway there now, as in um, the, well, one half of the draw and the men and the women's are at quarterfinal stage and the other, the bottom half of both draws are at the last 16. But yeah, a lot of players gone home. Um, if people know or they might be aware, each draw would start off with 128 players. So obviously you're down to 64 then by round two and by round four is, is your last 16. So uh, yeah, a lot of people gone home. And uh, Novak Djokovic, that story actually seems a long time ago, which which is no harm. Um, the tennis has been good. I've seen seen a bit of it. Um, it's on Eurosport anyways, where I'm watching it. And just for people to be aware, um, there's an 11 hour time difference to Melbourne. But like this week uh, in particular, there's, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals. So those matches are one of them, at least of the, the semifinals and quarterfinals they'll be on at 8 a.m irish time so if you're working from home uh, which a lot of people still are um it'll be on your sport there at eight in the morning so you'll actually be able to watch it uh even though you might think it's in the other yeah you know it's the other side of the world it's still not a bad time to catch it exactly mike yeah because various schedules there in melbourne organizers have made it very conducive to particularly the late night kind of uh Tennis fixtures there in, in Melbourne as well, in Rod Laver Court. Let's kind of get straight down to it, uh, Mike. Let's kind of look at the men's singles draw at the moment. Uh, any surprises, any kind of standout players for you come to mind? Uh, yeah, so very interesting is in I, if people were listening last week or uh, people might recall that I tipped uh, Alex uh, Zverev to, to go all the way. He's the number three seed from Germany. So as I said at the time, not not a big um not a big risk to tip him a lot of people would have tipped him but that was the big news this morning when i woke up he actually lost in the fourth round so in the last 16 he lost to a guy called Dennis uh Shabalov, if i'm pronouncing that correctly but a good up and coming player a 22 year old from canada and the number 14 seed so like obviously a very good player but still it's it's one of those ones uh he beats Verev in three straight sets 6-3 and you just are beginning to think like will Zverev actually ever bring it in in one of the Grand Slams? It's a bad loss for him, like as in to go down so easily and in a tournament that was kind of uh, there to be won and for him kind of to stake his claim as you know the next uh, the next big player, the next big thing because he's been tr- threatening to do that for a few years. But uh, it's kind of one of those things until he actually goes and does it, people will always kind of doubt him. Yeah, there does seem to be a little bit of mental baggage now at Zarev, particularly after that um, exit this morning. Just didn't seem to be any fight in with him at all. I mean, 
Shapovalov was just literally superior in all aspects. I mean, 6-3, 7-6-6-3 was the final score here. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, it, it didn't flatter the Canadian one bit. I thought he was completely dominant from uh, from the initialist exchanges. Yeah, and uh, like this guy is really good. And, you know, he's another guy in the mix of like, will he be one of the, you know, big names for the next five, six years? And he could well be. He's a left-handed guy as well. Uh interesting story our interesting background uh story is in his his mom as far as i'm aware i heard this only in the last week because obviously he's a name that's becoming more prominent but his mom was a tennis player herself she played on the soviet union teams uh so obviously you know good good genes we'll say and uh they moved to canada and you know like a lot of these tennis players that you're hearing of now they put in a lot of effort into him as a young child as in they're really committed to it um and I suppose he's reaping the rewards now, as in he he's uh, playing Nadal in the quarterfinals. So that should be a real kind of a interesting one and a real nearly battle of the generations. Exactly, because Rafa, you know, he did have some issues, particularly in the last round. But look back to his old dominant self against Manarino uh, from France, who's always there, thereabouts in the grandstands. Again, a tight enough first set this morning, seven six. But then the second and third sets. Nadal's grown Graham game really did kind of put this game to bed fairly quickly. 6-2-6-2. It looks like a very fascinating uh, quarterfinal, as you, you would say, Mike. Yeah, and like, isn't Rafa just, you just can't stop the man. Is in like he's flying through the draw. Has he dropped one set maybe, Mark? I'm not 100% sure on that, but he's, he's, his games or his matches have gone pretty smoothly for him. And uh, ah, look, he's just such a, a tough competitor. Like, I mean, you just can never write this guy off. We were all kind of thinking maybe that it'd be Zverev and Nadal in the quarterfinal. And again, you'd be thinking, okay, this is Zverev's chance to kind of lay down his marker, take out one of your big three. Well, there's only one of them in it this year, as we know. But like take Nadal out and kind of announce himself that, you know, I'm the next big name. I'm I'm going to kind of um, be a prominent player over the next couple of years. Uh, But like he let himself down this morning. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Shepa... Shapovalov does now against Nadal and like you just could never discount or, or go against Rafa could you he's 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 some operator yeah and I mean Nadal's his body issues seem to be not present so far he's been moving around the court so well conditioning phenomenal so I, I think that is a fascinating side or a fascinating quarterfinal and then you have uh, the first quarterfinal on the top side of the draw. You know, I'm delighted to see Gail Monfils. Um, re, his renaissance continuing. Another straight sets win. And then Berrettini as well from Italy, beating Carreno Busta uh, from Spain, 7-5, That should be a, a very interesting other quarterfinal on that top side of the draw. I mean, a massive opportunity for even Gail Monfils to, dare I say, dream about a semi-final and uh, maybe getting into a Grand Slam final at the start of uh, the calendar year. Yeah, like Gael Monfils um, is a guy who's been around for a long time. I think he's 35 years of age, um, but like super talented, always a, a great athlete. Like if, if you're lucky enough to get to see him play, he's what you'd call like a great shot maker. As in he can he can just hit winners from anywhere. And he's he's just very entertaining to watch. As in I think, uh, I haven't my research done fully on this now, but my memory of it is I think he made a Grand Slam semi-final at least once at the French Open, um, can, like I'm thinking that could be back around 2009. Um, so he's around on tour a long time and has had a brilliant career. I mean, if you looked up his, what he's won, um, probably the prize money he's won. 
I mean, he's had a fantastic career without ever getting to that top, top step. Um, but I actually saw him this morning and he's just, yeah, he, he seems to be like that, fit and healthy and moving well. And like he's dangerous, like he's he's seated 17, but he's a guy in the draw that I'd say other guys want to avoid if he's playing well, because he can just, uh, he can kind of compete with anyone. Yeah, he seems completely rejuvenated, doesn't he? Real hunger and determination this morning against Karin Obusta, who's a very solid opponent, particularly in the Grand Slams. And I just said, yeah, Monfils can compete with anyone. But uh, Bermantini, we kind of know, um, you know, he's emerged pretty much in the last year and a half. I mean, the Wimbledon Grand Slam a final appearance, and he continues to grow uh, and mature and develop and. I think that was a very good performance from him today. And I mean, that's a massive opportunity for either Berentini and Monfils really to get to that semi-final. And I mean, naturally enough, you know, there's Nadal or Shapovalov in that other quarter-final side. But again, these guys, if they're in form, will definitely pose problems uh, for Nadal or Shapovalov in, uh, in, the, in the last four. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those tournaments. Um, as we know, Djokovic isn't there. We discussed that long enough. But at the start of this tournament, the minute Djokovic was out, a lot of people would have really fancied their chances. And as you said, Berrettini, he's well established now. Wimbledon finalist last year, you know, number seven, or seeded seven, so number seven in the world, and like very talented, has a lot of, you know, has a good all-round game. So yeah, won't be afraid of Monfils, even though he knows he's very good, and you know, will will fancy his chances. You're going to have to beat an Adele or a Djokovic or a Federer, really, if if you want to win one of the Grand Slams. That's usually how it goes. So. Uh, why not beat Nadal in the semi-finals if he gets there? And you know they they know each other so well, like they they won't be afraid of you know going out there and they'll fancy their chances basically. Yeah, bringing it deep into the match as well. I think Nadal hasn't really been fully challenged. I think in the last round he did drop a set, but again quickly regained composure and then swiftly kind of completed um, that round three uh, round game uh, victory. But then on the other side of the draw here, Mike, you know, you're kind of looking down through the names that are still in this. The Minyar, uh, Janik Sinner, Taylor Fritz, Tsitsipas, Marin Silic, Felix Auger, Alessemi, uh, Maxine Creasy, and then you have Daniel Medvedev. Again, seeing as what Zarev has basically done this morning, you know, I, I did tip Medvedev, but again, I saw his comments about, you know, the Melbourne crowd there during the week, and I'm kind of like, you know, you should just literally show up, you know, particularly if you want kind of a little bit of support for you, particularly in the latter end of the stage of the tournament, that's pretty much gone now. But what, how do you see the that side of the draw uh, panning out, Mike? Yeah, uh, to give you a very short answer, I think Medvedev will come through it. Um, I know, uh, again, some people might have seen it, as you said, he played Kyrgios uh, in the second round, wasn't it, during the week? and beat him in four sets mark i think wasn't it um he didn't need yep yeah but the crowd were obviously enough they're on curious's side with him being australian and people for people who don't know nick curious like maverick would be a good word for this guy is in he's he's like been around a good few years super talented like should really be could potentially have been winning grand slams has the game to do it has had a good career but never brought and never fulfilled his potential is what people would say but like he is super talented and like dangerous. Anytime you're playing against him, he could beat you, no matter who you are. But Medvedev did very well. He handled it quite well on court, as in didn't really show much emotion, but then kind of let off steam in the interview afterwards and uh, was having a go at some of the Australian crowd or Australian supporters 
for uh, you know making noise and booing him between first and second serves, etc., which which wouldn't be very uh, that's not very sporting at all. It wouldn't go down too well. But look, he held it together very well during the match. Is probably the main thing, and then had a pop at them. But if you remember back, Mark, to Medvedev won the or the U.S. Open last year. So in 2021 he won the U.S. Open, but in 2020 in New York he'd something very similar. Like he basically got on the wrong side of the crowd earlier on in in the tournament, and kind of loved loved to play the role of the villain essentially. Uh, and mm. I don't know, maybe that motivates him. Maybe he kind of you know me against the world kind of thing or me against the crowd and so i actually don't think it'll affect him too much i mean he's number two in the world so he's the top guy left so it's his tournament to win really if if, if he can uh, go and do it yeah if he can keep composure yeah and you, you bring up a magnificent point there uh, mike in terms of past grand slams is almost like a motivational tool for him us me against the world a little bit just to kind of yeah. get that out there and you know as you say be the kind of villain of the piece a little bit, you know. Granted, he should have known what to expect, you know, homegrown player in a home, homegrown Grand Slam, you know. So it shouldn't have been no surprise to him. But it's almost yeah that kind of g up just to kind of literally dare I say, um, to maybe get to the next level. And I mean the draw looks, you know, he doesn't have Nadal for a start. But then there are some very very dark horses in here. Like I'm seeing Martin Silic, Felix Agar, Alessemi tie here in the last 16 looks an absolute belter just in terms of you know Siddich will always bring it hard court specialist and you know the Canadian is coming in with a good rich vein of form so I mean you know it's it is kind of laden with a few kind of tricky tricky games here for Medvedev if he can get through Maxime Grissy as well uh, who's kind of an unknown quantity here and may just literally have nothing to lose against Medvedev in the last 16. Yeah, it's um you picked it out there, Mark. If I was gonna, I I don't know what time they're on, but if I was gonna try and watch one of those last sixteen matches, uh, tonight or tomorrow morning, I I'd watch Chilich and uh, Auger Elisame, if that's how I pronounce it. Yeah, that could be brilliant. As in Chilich, um, two thousand and fourteen U.S. Open champion. So like that's seven eight years ago. But like he's again a guy who's been around for a long time. Brilliant career. Finals of Wimbledon. Uh, U.S. Open finalist, is, or sorry, Australian Open finalist in the past as well. I think Federer beat him in that. That's not that many years ago, maybe 2018. But like a guy who's had a brilliant career, and yeah, definitely uh, would fall into that category of very dangerous. As in, he's back fit and healthy, and could put it up to anyone if if he plays well. Like so, yeah, that that match between himself and Augur Elise Elise struggle with that pronunciation but that's a real interesting one that again if you want a generational kind of clash the uh chilich about i don't know 30 mid 30s perhaps and augur alicia is a young guy about 21 uh up and coming so that would be really interesting to see how that goes and if either of them well one of them obviously will get through to the quarterfinals and they'll be playing most likely be playing medvedev and again yeah whoever is playing medvedev in that quarterfinal they'll They'll go out there and they'll have nothing to lose, so they'll be dangerous. Indeed, and we haven't even mentioned the C-Pass here as well. The Greek, you know, uh, with Melbourne, you know, strong Greek community there, will we'll really bandy around him. I mean, he has Taylor Fritz from the United States uh, tomorrow morning early, um, which kind of bodes well there. I think it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's an intriguing side of the draw. Uh, I think, uh, Mike, you'd be fair to agree with me here. Again, the Minyar as well, the Australian wildcard as well, is a kind of a fascinating pick here. There's still a little bit of home interest there as well. Um, so, yeah, putting your 
<laughs> head on the block here a little bit, Mike. Who do you kind of fancy here to maybe get into the final uh, uh, next weekend? Yeah, so, um, well, Zverev let me down, but uh, I'd if you look at it, Medvedev you'd have to pick, I'd imagine. And I'm going to just go for Nadal because how can you ever go against him? He's, he's done it too many times. And Nadal has only won the Australian Open once. It's it's the of the four Grand Slams, it's the one he's won least. But he's been in like four other finals, so his record in Australia is is actually brilliant as well. You know, like he's a five-time finalist. So, like, how can you ever go against him? And the main thing, as you said, Mark, is he looks fit and healthy. So that's that's nearly Rafa's biggest hurdle. If he's fit and healthy, he's uh, he'll be a tough man to beat. Exactly. I think with Nadal, he hasn't really been pushed to the limits you know, in this tournament, you know, and I think the four setter probably was a blessing in disguise for Nadal, get a little bit more quality game minutes under his belt. Um, again, Monfils and Berrettini on that side of the draw, it's going to be a big ask, uh, I think, for either of them, you know, getting to the semi-final against Nadal. Nadal's kind of experience in Grand Slams and his record in semi-finals is exceptional. So you definitely would go Nadal there. And I think um, I'll just go a little bit different from you there. Uh, Mike Medvedev was my pick, but I'm just... I, I, it was very much a 50-50 pick here, and I will probably hesitantly say that side of draws Medvedev, but I would not be surprised if he drops one. It may not be in this last 16, but maybe definitely in the quarterfinal if he comes up against a signature, Augur Alessemi, who is coming in with great form. I think the Canadian definitely could be a surprise package here and may get to the, the Grand Slam final. So i got to say Medvedev for now, keep with my pick, but... There's a little bit of a warning disclaimer sign there, I would think, on that one for me. Um, so, yeah, with that, maybe we go to the women's draw here. And if we kind of maybe had a little bit, few kind of good familiar picks here, it's fair to say, Mike, the women's draw is absolutely wide open. Yeah, Mark, I mean, we said it last weekend or, or last last week on the on the podcast. It's just so hard to know. I mean, there's there's players and I follow it. Uh, obviously, I don't watch as much tennis as I probably like. Um, it's, it's hard to keep track of all the different tournaments. But there of the 32 seeds I had a look at uh, for the women's draw. And like there's a couple of names I, I didn't even know. I, I hadn't heard of. You know, there's always so many good players. There just seems to be so many players around the same level. Like so they have, you know, they, they have a good run of form for maybe three, four months and get up the rankings and then someone else kind of takes their place but yeah it's it's so hard to call I mean if if we start at the top of the draw I mean the obvious one is is Ash Barty and she is uh, the number one seed from Australia I happened to see her play this morning actually against uh, Anna Anistimova from America who's a very good uh, young player I think she's 20 uh, years old and you know one for the future uh, and she was in a French Open semi-final I'm pretty sure at the age of like 17 so, like, you know, a, a player with a lot of um, potential. But, like, Barty took care of her really well, as in she seems to be flying through the draw. She seems, I've heard her interviewed a couple of times, seems nice and relaxed because, you know, we were kind of flagging maybe that it's nice to be in your home Grand Slam, but there can be pros and cons. That, you know, you get the support, but you also get maybe a lot of pressure. But she's saying all the right things, and she's done everything she has to do so far. So, look, She'll face a challenge or two in in the quarters and semis if she gets there. Yeah, indeed, Mike. Because uh, I mean, Annie Simova, Annie Simova, the American, she actually defeated Naomi Osaka, who's probably one of our hot tips for the Grand Slams. Yes. You know, in the last round, marvelous, marvelous result for the American. And I mean, that will be a platform for her this season. But six four six three this morning was an absolute. You know, I think 
Garty definitely needed a res- uh, that sort of challenge because the last few rounds have been nothing short than one-way traffic. You know, it's really been kind of hammering home 6-1, 6-1 wins. You know, it's not great uh, for Barty, particularly to toughen her up and test her out. So I think that win this morning was definitely a, a welcome, a challenge. And again, she's going to be facing uh, Peg uh, Ola, is it? Peg um, who st- uh, stunned Sakari this morning, uh, 7-6-6-3. I mean, 21 seed here in the Grand Slam. And to be honest with Barty, I mean, it could be a dangerous opponent here, given that Pagoda may have nothing to lose here. Might go for shots early and try to unsettle uh, Barty and the home crowd. Yeah, Jessica Pagula is, is the lady's name. Pagula. Yeah, and, yeah, no, no, but she she had a very good win. She wouldn't. She was playing uh, Maria Sakari as a, a Greek woman, uh, but she's a number five seed. So she's and she's been around for a good few years. Um, so it was a very surprising win, probably for Pagula this morning. And relatively comfortable so yeah she uh, she must be playing well i didn't see that now or anything but like sakari would have um definitely been fancy to come through that and had been she was a, a lady i'd been tracking through the draw because she'd been coming through the draw quite easily as well so a uh, bit of a surprise so yeah look you never know what we we're saying uh, like barty has gone through the draw quite easily so far so does expectation in australia does that start to rise you know she's now into the quarterfinals there's more eyes on her she gets more media attention so um yeah the pressure is going to go up a notch or two so if someone can um maybe you know come out on the court nothing to lose and and take the first set off her now all of a sudden she's under a lot of pressure like so it's 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 an interesting one it always is and it'll be how how she'll handle that pressure because um she's as i said she's doing everything so far she's saying all the right things off the court doing all the right things on the court but yeah, it's it's never easy. It's getting down to the business end of it now, so she's definitely going to face a challenge or two. Exactly, because you know Sakari as well, had, as you said, Mike, been very impressive. But like seven six was a very competitive opening set, and again that six three second set as well. It was just a little bit disappointed with Sakari, particularly second set. You know she had her moments to really kind of hammer home a few break points, but never happened. Um, but yeah, it, that'll be a fascinating one. I think. Barty, as we said, she's saying all the right things at the moment in the press conference, but until she is really put to the pin of her collar, I think that's when we're going to really kind of see the true asset test here. And might not come in a quarter final, but maybe certainly in a semi final. You know, you're kind of looking at the that top side of the draw. You know, Krishkova overpowered Azarenka this morning, 6 2 6 2. And we'll play Madison Keys, who dispatched Badoza, the eighth seed, 6 3 6 1. And I mean, if you look at Madison Keys as well, she beat Kenning, who we kind of tipped last week as well. Not a lot of our tips, unfortunately, Mike, have been going to the wayside. We haven't even mentioned that Angelique Kerber yet. Um, again, I think that side of the draw kind of looks pretty decent in terms of, you know, Krishkova and Keys looks like an awesome match in prospect. Yeah, well, I was only waiting for my chance to to mention Angelique <laughs> Kerber um, and just remind people that she lost in the first round, but um, and and Mark tipped her. But anyway, it's it's very different. Like, as in, who knows? But in the women's in particular, it's, it's very hard to call. But yeah, this um, lady Barbara Krzyzczykova is a number four seed, and she's like, if you aren't big into your tennis, you possibly wouldn't have heard of this lady at all, even though she won the French Open last year. Um, and she's number four in the world, so she's obviously a super player and a, a super doubles player as well, by the way. Um, but very uh, surprised, not surprised she won, but she really gave Azarenka a good, a good beating this morning, 6-2, 6-2. Um, and Azarenka is a two-time Australian Open champion. Now, it's a, a few years ago, like 
oh god maybe 2011 2012 as rinka but she's still a very dangerous opponent um so that was a really good win and a very straightforward win so yeah she's i'd fancy her to beat madison keys in the quarterfinal and she'll definitely you'd imagine she'd put it up to barty big time in the semi-final completely agree with there mike it's uh kind of set up beautifully there i think you know Krishkova kind of coming in here Again, Madison Keys is playing some good stuff at the moment, you know, and that'll be a big, big test, particularly in the quarterfinals. But again, if we're looking for Barty to really be put to the pin of the collar, I think, you know, definitely potentially a semi-final could be where we see that completely. Um, kind of going down to the bottom side of the draw here, I'm kind of looking at it, Collins, Mertens, uh, and then you have Simona Halep, I think Mike was one of your tips uh, for the, the Grand Slam against the French lady Corne, uh, the Nice uh, native, has really kind of excelled in this tournament. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah, again, um, a lot of familiar names is in their their uh, women who've been on the tour a long, well, you know, a relatively long time. Um, good players. I mean, uh, Mertens from, from Belgium, she's like, she's been in the top 20, top 30 in the world for a good few years, very consistent. Uh, Danielle Collins, the same. She's been around for a few years. I think she could have made the Australian Open semi-final last year. Uh, again, maybe I should have my research done on that, but I, I think that's true. And uh, Elise Cornet, as you picked out, Mark, she's having a great tournament, but she's a, a woman who's been around for a long time as well and you know, has had a very good career without ever getting into that top, top rank. But, you know, they're they're all very good. Like Halep, yeah, being my pick. So you would, out of those four players, you'd still obviously have to pick Halep to get through to the semi-final. But you just never know, like as in it's and it, again, people, if they realize that the, the men's matches are best of five sets. So obviously first to three sets, whereas the, the ladies matches are uh, best of three sets. So the best of three sets match can go by very quickly. So if you get off to a bad start, it can be over, you know, before you maybe get into your stride. So like it's it's just hard to predict. But look, you would I'll stick with Halep to, to get to the semifinals from from that uh, group of four players. Yeah, I'd kind of agree with you there, Mike. Simona Halep, um, you know, her all-round game is so strong, so solid. Um, it's great to see the likes of Cornet here. Collins, Mertens as well. But yeah, I can only probably see one person here emerging from that side of the draw into the semi-final. That would be Halep. And then you kind of look at the bottom side of the draw. Uh, the one player that's kind of sticking out, well, two players probably sticking out to me, is Sabalenka facing Canopy, who did defeat Angelique Kerber. The fan club won't uh, it won't uh, be over after after this Grand Slam, Angelique. But uh, then you know, literally, I think Sabalenka, and then you have uh, Zwiatek as well playing Kriste as well, who's beaten Kutova and Pavlitenka as well. So these look like two tasty, um, you know, last sixteen uh, ties here as well. Yeah, and like again, uh, Iga Zwiatek is she's a, a young girl. Um, but like those four players, even though she's young, they'd all be very experienced. So, you know, you've no one who's like probably happy to be in the fourth round and content with that as in they'd all obviously have um, aspirations to keep going. Like, I mean, obviously, Sabalink is the number two seed. So, OK, she she's seeded to get to the final, but she's only ever been in a Grand Slam semi-final. You know, she's she's a, a player who's been quite consistent the last uh, couple of years. So would fall into that category, you'd say, of she's ready to win a Grand Slam. Um, you know, she has the game for it. She ticks all the boxes, doesn't have any great weaknesses. So, like, again, you would have to back her. But, like, Swiatek is, is dangerous. She's a French Open champion. 
number seven in the world. So like you'd imagine those two would end up playing each other in the quarterfinals. And I don't know, as in you'd have to go for Sabalenka on form and just on ranking, but like anything could really happen if those two met each other. The other two ladies are very good, uh, Karastea and Kanepi, but uh, I would, if I had to pick, I, you would go for Sabalenka to, to make it through to play Halep in a semi-final. Yeah, I think Swiatek, I think, might have a good chance here because Sabalenka's form, even though she's won, they're being three set matches, you know, which is kind of indicating kind of blips in form mid mid during matches in their previous rounds. So uh, I think Swiatek for me, I mean, it's great to see Christia and Canalpi there as well. They've been solid professionals, you know, in the top 20, 30 of the world for quite a while uh, coming in. But yeah, I think Swiatek and Sabalenka. And I'll probably go with Swiatek here, to be honest, uh, uh, to get to a semi-final. I think, you know, her form has been very, very impressive. She's been blowing her opponents out of it in terms of her ground game. And her all-round all game has been superb. So I'll probably go with the, the Polish lady there. And I suppose head on the block time, uh, Mike. Who do you fancy in the final? Um, yeah, look, you're, I'm going to go for Ash, Ash Barty or Ashley Barty. I mean... Uh, you'd like I'd like to see her win it as in be good for Australia good for Australian tennis which like Australian tennis would traditionally be very strong like I mean in terms of Grand Slam winners men's and women's by the way but like in the men in the last few years they've been struggling their last well struggling by their standards I suppose their last Grand Slam winner would still be um, late in Hewitt um, so god do I have a year for you in that but that could be back in like 2002 something like that so that's that's a big gap for australian tennis Indeed. so it'd be nice for australia it'd be nice for ash barty she comes across very well and uh, seems to be a nice uh, grounded kind of person so yeah i i hope she goes on to win it and i i'd, I'd pick ash barty yeah likewise i think uh barty i think provided that she can keep her composure keep keep cool under the, you know, pressurized situations, particularly in that semi-final. The semi-final might be kind of real, kind of tail of the tape here, how she goes, but I, I think you have to kind of give her the benefit of the doubt. It's golden opportunity for her. She's playing very well at the moment. I think Simona Halep is probably coming out of the other side of the draw, but I think on the other side of the draw, it looks, you know, you could very easily argue about Sviatek and also Sabalenka as well, to a certain extent. You know, these are quality players and on their day, could beat Halep as well. So I think that bottom side of the draw kind of looks very fascinating. And there could be a bit of attritional, a war of attrition here, particularly in the bottom side of the draw here, Mike. Kind of looking at very quality players here. I wouldn't be all surprised if these go three sets and go deep as well, which can only really help the top side players. So Bartley, as we've kind of basically said here, I think could be the chief recipient and a, you know, a beneficiary of that. So yeah, so all good there. Yeah, you're and you're right about that actually, Mark. The Australian Open is slightly unusual in that like the the semi-finals um aren't always on the same day. So you have a player who gets an extra day's rest basically before the final. Um and particularly they can be night matches. Like some of the men's matches in particular can go on for, you know, five hours, four and a half, five hours. So it makes a big difference if you have an extra day's rest. So that that has been a factor in the past. What they have this year actually uh, and they didn't have in the past is there's a tie break in the uh, in the last set. So in the past, you know, in in your fifth set or uh, in your third set, it could have ended up like 12 games to 10 or, you know, 14, 12, anything like that. The record at Wimbledon, if you remember, was like 
was it 71-69, wasn't that John Isner and um, Nicholas Mahu a, a few years ago, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like they, could, they couldn't even walk for, their ne- for the next match. But um, yeah, so that could play factors in how, how they always say that, like as in if you can get through the first three, four rounds quickly, you're obviously saving energy and, you know, saving your, your physical fitness for the quarter semis and finals. So that, that will play a part if you can get through those matches that little bit easier. You've more in the tank for the um for the the latter end of the tournament. So yeah, that that's something to watch out for. And, and that's not to go back over, but that's exactly what you were kind of saying and we were saying about Nadal, as in he's come through it like he's pretty fresh. Uh so he's he's dangerous. Oh, completely. Yeah, no had to be said really, just given you know, given the warm weather, you know, the hot weather in Melbourne, you know, you have to minimize the time that you're on court as well, you know, five setting five setter matches early early doors just doesn't do anything for you in terms of recovery preparation for your next opponent so i think that's that's been key for rafa as well um you know i think rafa to be honest is a very strong contender i think in australian open but i think the women's draw kind of loose said last week when we kind of talked at the kickoff of uh, the australian open was the the singles draw of probably of interest because there's just so many you know fancy candidates here to kind of get to the final and win it so i'm kind of fascinated to see how that goes uh, during the week mike um, so yeah, we might leave it there, Mike. Um, thanks for your time. Uh, we'll definitely kind of touch base again, maybe kind of on Friday, uh, just to see how things went. <laughs> I know my picks have been an absolute bag uh, of cats, really, to be perfectly fair. But uh, let's maybe kind of come back in, you know, later on uh, during the tournament, see how things are going, and maybe kind of reflect uh, the following week then on the finals. Yes, perfect, Mark. We'll do that. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks for your time. Okay, take care. Bye, bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles, and reports.